So welcome guys uh, to episode number 47 of the Lean Into Life uh, podcast. I'm delighted to welcome uh, Kevin Leahy onto the podcast. Um, I know you're going to enjoy this conversation and one I've been hoping to get on for a while. Um, Kevin wears a few hats. He's a business owner, um, the award-winning uh, eco-adventure hostel uh, called The Black Sheep in Clarny Town, which we're going to delve into a little bit later on. Um, great community and space he's built there. Um, Kevin is also an endurance athlete. Uh, he's done several ultra um, endurance races, um, including a couple of big 500 uh, kilometer races uh, right, Kev? Uh, within the space of a few weeks, which is mind boggling. So we're going to delve into that too. Um, and also not only the, the psych, uh, phys- physical preparation for, for races like that, but also uh, the psychological strength needed <clears throat> to go through um, uh, a big race like that. So. Um, a nice bit to get through. So, um, without further ado, welcome Kevin to the Lean Into Life podcast. Thank you, Michael. A pleasure. No worries. So, welcome. Thanks for coming in. And as I said, I remember actually talking to you. I think it was first lockdown, or it was in the middle of them. And I was like, "Oh yeah, you know, I'd love to get you on." And you were like, "This is when it kind of um, the racing were getting cancelled and stuff." And you were like, "We'll have to wait till I start actually do a few races. <laughs> we need something to talk about." And I was like, "Yeah, you're dead right." Um, so uh, and a lot's happened since then. Yeah, so probably two two years now. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we'll delve into that later on. But uh, first question: How how are you doing? Like, how's everything going? Um, sort of coming out of well, I say I say that touch. We're coming out of COVID. You know what I mean? Sort of post COVID. Like, just how's how's life with you? Uh, life is good. Life is good. Couldn't complain about it now. Um, yeah, look, we, we survived the lockdown. I suppose uh, the, the, the 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 business side of things probably got stronger because, as you know, we. We opened a, a little coffee shack at the start of lockdown and that, uh, lucky enough, that got really popular mm. and that remains there now kind of thing. So I suppose every 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 cloud is a silver lining. We certainly found it there on the business side of things. Uh, yeah, the running side of things, you know, two races complete uh, in, in from since March and I've been taking it pretty easy since then. Um, so just starting to ramp up training now and kind of just, just basically working on my foundation and getting getting it stronger again for, for the future. Yeah. So overall, yeah, things are good. Things are good. Um, and we'll delve into where, where we mentioned earlier about things getting cancelled and the, 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 the mindset then and then kind of the, you know, the, 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 I suppose, you know, you kind of got it sad that, you know, you built up to it and things were cancelled and how you bounced back from that. So we'll go about that into a minute. Um, we might just quickly touch on that. We're going to go back to the, the hostel and stuff in a bit. But when you mentioned about the coffee shack and, you know, all people could really do at the time was go walking and, you know, take away coffee. Was that an idea that came to you? It's brilliant. Like, I, I go down there a lot. I'm a regular down there. And now it's growing into, they've got a bit of a living room. We can go in inside. But um, obviously, the hostel itself was closed. So was that just something you just kind of thought, look, we'll, we'll put it out there and see and see what happens? Yeah, yeah. I suppose um, the idea had been in my head for a while pre-COVID to, to do a little coffee thing down the street there. And... Uh, I never thought it was because it's the quiet end of a busy street kind of thing. So, yeah, um, the idea was always there, and then I suppose COVID happened. I mean, we I already had the coffee machine inside, and it was it was a combination of people had nothing to do, people had no social outlet yeah. anywhere kind yeah. of thing, um, and to keep the staff. You know, I had I had three or four staff there at the time, and and because the hostel looked like it was going to be closed for whoever I. Like, yeah. With with shared accommodation, it looked like indefinitely. So it was yeah. kind of keep keep them going, and yeah, like for socially and just to just to try and obviously turn a few turn a few euro as well, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So it was a combination of things, and I remember it was pretty early in lockdown. So it was uh, 
it's kind of a move that I wasn't sure how it was gonna go. I was like, ooh, this could this I thought yeah. about it quite quite a lot for you know, a week, two Which weeks. I was like Yeah, yeah, could there be a bit of a, a backlash of, about this kind of thing? Is it too early or is it not? And uh in the end I was just lying there awake one night and I said, Look, I won't know if I don't if I don't try it kind of thing. So uh, we went for it, yeah. And look, we opened. I suppose we opened the cafe with a smile on our face, kind of thing, just yeah. trying to trying to have a bit of a buzz and serving good quality coffee. And that was it, you know. We didn't, we weren't looking for to save the world. It was just like, yeah. look, let's just open with a positive energy and and see what happens. And even if we were quiet, we were. I was kind of doing something anyway, so it kind of helped with the monotony of it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think people appreciated that. And you know, we stayed open through all the ups and downs of, of lockdowns and bits and pieces, just slightly changing our, changing the location of the cafe and stuff yeah. like that with different, different control measures and stuff. Um, so yeah, we were happy and look, we, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the process of, of just opening a coffee shop in a lane and then having to figure out like, as it got bigger, I was always having to figure out and re, rejig the hostel and rejig the coffee shop and plumbing and, and stuff like that. I just had to, had to grow with it kind of thing. Yeah, At the start, it was just coffee and obviously now we've got, you know, several types of coffee, iced coffee and all the cakes and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So it's been interesting growing it. Serious cakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pre or post workout, I don't know, I just make an excuse for them, but no, no they're, they're really nice. The so check it out. <laughs> the cinnamon buns was, was a good one. They were really crazy. Yeah, oh, yeah, they they were like, you'd have to get down there early to get those bad boys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, there was, there, was nearly, there was nearly fights in the street sometimes <laughs> over the last couple of cinnamon buns. They're not serious. Where do they come from? Uh, real bread Killarney. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, check it out definitely. Um, and uh, as you said, it was a time where people were kind of a little, you know, they were, they was in their own sort of five k, four k, whatever it went to two k, and it was just uh, and where it's situated. If you're not from Kalani, it's kind of quite near the national park. You're only a minute or two away, so it's great out for people even to get out and have a quick chat and, and kind of you know have that bit of social connection because I think that's what it's all about. And that's yeah. kind of what you have down there. You have a great community there and staff and people where you know. It gives people a lift, do you know what I mean, and that, and it, that that part of their day could have been their best part of their day, do you know what I mean, and they could be back home and you know on their own or whatever, do you know what I mean. So it's nice to have had that, and as I said, it benefited, you know, obviously getting a bit of revenue in, but at the same time, it's great for the staff, it's great for people to meet people, do you know. What yeah. so I found that great, so it's really good. So we're good. We'll touch a bit more on that a bit later on about the coffee and sort of the eco side of things uh, of the black sheep. Um, so we'll dip into the the running and stuff now. I just wanted to say, go way back. Um, in regards to growing up, you know, gar soccer, rugby, basketball was obviously big uh, in Kerry in, in in around the world really. So is it were you in team sports as well, or how did the whole thing in regards to sort of individual running, hiking, how did that kind of start for you? Um, that was for I suppose. I was never into hiking, running when I was growing up. It was all it was team sports, always team sports, football and and ga. Yeah. I suppose I took them pretty serious until I was maybe twenty twenty one, and nineteen twenty, and um, yeah. So I'd never really run competitively or seriously uh, up until that stage. And uh, you know, I went off to Australia and had a life there, kind of civil civil engineering again, okay. not not uh, not doing that much. And I dabbled in a lot of gyms, but not really taking it too serious. But um, I think I, I kind of came to when I was in Australia. I was like just I was getting a bit bored of what I was doing, just working fifty, sixty, seventy hour weeks in the civil engineering game, and you know I might have a little adventure at the weekend. But uh, I kind of kind of opted. I wanted to change my lifestyle and uh, change my life. So I kind of gave it all away and 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 packed my life into an eighteen kilo backpack and headed for Santiago in Chile. And oh, wow. yeah, yeah, and then um, kind of travelled around South America for a year and a half, off and on. And that's when I really got into like the 
like I suppose I, I took the step and everyone I want to do adventure but I didn't do it but there it's like there was no there was no work so it was all adventure kind of thing you know I, after a couple of months in I bought a motorbike so I did a lot of traveling like 15,000 kilometers all the way down the Andes every day's adventure yeah yeah that's it you know it was, it was amazing it was life changing you know and then I, wow. so now I, I would I was like would you go back engineering I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't I wouldn't go back now you know I kind of discovered a new way of life and lifestyle, yeah. yeah yeah I really enjoy it like a a lot of time in the mountains adventuring you know but it's not always you know even just an adventure into another city go to a go to a, a music gig or something like that just kind of just have an experience it doesn't always need to be an extreme endurance thing or jumping no. off a jumping off a cliff or yeah. anything like that it's just uh change uh, just seeing, seeing new things i think is good for the mind oh yeah big time and i didn't go to south america but i did a year away on my own and uh 2009 i think i left and like that solo traveler had some amazing experience met some amazing people as I said before we, we I met my best friend over there ended up he asked me to his best man someone I met him in a, st- in a hostel in Darwin do you know yeah. random do you know Geordie um, but like that and ended up getting, speaking to people on random boats and in Thailand ended up in this beautiful bay that was off the beaten track it wasn't on the, the lonely planet and someone goes found this beautiful bay man do you want to come and I was like yeah okay yeah yeah and the best experience I've ever had, like two weeks, I changed my flight twice to not to, to go to Australia because I want to, to stay at this bay. Like it was like your shipwreck. Sounds like that movie. Um, yeah, the beach is yeah. that kind of thing, but yeah. maybe not as extreme. <laughs> but uh, it was like it was kind of this, you know, if I hadn't have gone up and said Lotus because I had to go and meet people, I was on my own and I wouldn't have been a very confident person. So I found from that year awake, if you saw me at the beginning going into Hostel in Darwin and then nine, ten months later in Brisbane, how are you getting on, you know, chatting away, you know, I do at least, you know, when I got back, I was actually, you know, is that change? But those experiences you can't, you know, they're, as you said, adventures that you just stumble across, but they, you know, you'll, you'll never forget those things. So yeah. your South American trip, I'd say, was an eye-opener, I'd say. Oh, and, good, yeah. And, and it just kind of got you into, okay, maybe there's a little uh, civil engineering, maybe there's a bit of a change, uh, maybe developing in you at the time, and you're like, look, maybe this is a different direction. Yeah, yeah, I knew leaving Australia to go to South America, I was like, there's... I don't know what I'll do when I finish traveling, but I knew I wasn't going to be going back to engineering kind of thing. And um, look, I was I was lucky enough. I I had my own engineering consultancy kind of thing uh, in Australia, so there was I built up a little bit of cash, so yeah. I knew I had cash to um, start some yeah. kind of business. I didn't know what it was, and then through through traveling for a year and a half, it kind of developed. Yeah, like a hostel, hostel. Yeah, and then like coming like coming Killarney, like is is my hometown. I could see the like Kerry is such an amazing place, the kingdom. You know, I saw the potential. Uh, I saw the potential. Yeah, yeah. Like for me, from a business point of view, um, to have that type of business, I knew Killarney already had a had a good attraction. But for me as well as a as a person to be able to train and go like go cycling, kayaking, running all over Kerry, it's just mm-hmm. you can have a new a new adventure nearly all the time, kind of thing. Yeah. It's just in your doorstep. So I picked a lot of boxes to come back. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. And I said I stumbled across Clarny ten years ago, twelve years ago, like two thousand ten, and I haven't left. You know, and there's a reason. There's a reason for that. Yeah, it's very hard to leave when you get here. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't know who named it the kingdom, but they're they're probably right. They are like I have friends who come down and, and um, friends who come over from say England or whatever, and they're like, you live here. Do you know, it's mind boggling. Around as you said, and now kind of a mutual friend Andy Fitz. Yeah, I've been going out a few different sort of. Uh, places that I'd never seen before and, and like it's opening my eyes to more stuff that I need to do more of and you know uh, and it's great you know I said you're, as you said the, you're finding new uh, new gems every day James, yeah. so it's, it's beautiful so you came back um, in regards to then the running um, when did that sort of start doing that sort of more than sort of your, your 50k's or when did that sort of come you had a sort of thirst for sort of endurance or, or? Uh, when I was back I suppose probably even when I was away um, 
I kind of heard about uh, the 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 Kerryway Ultramarathon. Yeah. Um. Uh, I saw. I think I. I think I saw a newspaper clipping about a, a friend Neil Kelders uh, who had um, who ha- who was going doing it to deal with to deal with certain issues he had, which yeah, is quite I've, interesting. I've him speak, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Neil's very good. Yeah. Uh, he's quite quite was quite open about how he was using running to deal with depression. Yeah. And I think that whole his Neil story and the, the whole Kerry way and a, and a really big test for myself and it being on our doorstep here in, here in Kerry, it just like yeah that's for me that was my like my thought was like I'll go for that kind of thing, so I came back that year and uh, just kind of got in got into got into a bit more running and did my my first official marathon, I think the year I was back and then the following year I did the Kerry way so it's probably like. An eighteen month kind of period of like thinking about it and then going for it kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah. have you done the carry a few times? Yeah, now? yeah. So I've done it um three point seven five times. So I finished it three times and uh, oh, I yeah, won the other two. Uh, just a, a knee injury or an, probably more coming from my quads, I suppose. Um, two years ago, uh, so I got as far. I got about one hundred and forty kilometers in and I had to pull out. Then I was just yeah, an excruciating pain in my knee. Yeah, and how was that sort of frustrating? Obviously, yeah, that was tough. That was that was my first um, DNF. Do, did not finish. That was yeah. my first ever one. So that was tough. At very tough at the time, but I, I pretty quickly got up and dusted myself off and just said, "Right, why did that happen?" And, yeah, it's a learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned a lot from that. Um, I learned a lot from that experience as well was it a physical thing was it something or was it just something that was niggling or something just blew up um i think on that particular day um i I used uh, the running the running sticks and the carry way i used them that day and i hadn't trained with them so using the running sticks probably slightly changes your gait but i hadn't trained with them enough i kind of my thought process was I'll not do. I'll not train with the running sticks, and on the day I'll use the running sticks, and I'll get an extra ten percent out of it, thinking thinking I'll be great, you know. Yeah. But um, I definitely, in hindsight, would recommend to definitely do a couple of good hard training sessions with the running sticks because you try slightly change the angle of your of your of your gait. So probably those muscles that uh, that I was I was going quite hard on the day as well in that carry way, so those muscles weren't able for it. But all around, um, uh, like I suppose. From a strength point of view, it was interesting. I'd I'd met Andrew Fitzgerald uh, about three weeks before the Kerry Way, oh, really? and we'd had just randomly. I was running around the park in my bare feet, and uh, met Andrew. We'd had a good chat, and I said to myself after the Kerry Way, now I'm gonna I'm gonna go see Andrew. Yeah, yeah. I think he's the right guy for me to work on my strength and stuff like that. And uh, so I was gonna leave it a month or two. Like I was gonna leave it a month after the Kerry Way and go see Andrew but then I didn't finish the Kerry way so like seven days later I was out for, <laughs> for a chat with Andrew trying to figure out what happened yeah and he's, he's very you know I said I've gone to him for, for a good while now but he's very good at as you said I think I heard on the podcast you talking about how you know he assessed you and he looked you know assess your weaknesses and strengths and kind of worked on that wasn't it was that kind of how it kind of um, and said okay you need to be doing more of this mobility work or balance work or whatever it was called yeah yeah it was my hip flexors at the time yeah he'd <clears> give me a really good assessment and a real honest assessment which I appreciated yeah um, and worked on that yeah but like I, I've been with him ever since now I'd see him I'd see him once twice a week kind of thing and we're still it's, just, it's just amazing the variety of stuff he has me doing and we're still always finding these new little muscles that, yeah. that, that he's, he manages to hurt every time that. I was in there yesterday she's sweating off but yeah it was great like I really enjoyed it it's good to get a different um, and I wasn't as like hip flexors my, my issue he keeps giving out because I need to do my homework a bit more but um, you know like, I like his honest and he's kind of looking you know just get the reps in and get the stretching in each day and the mobility work and uh, I've, I've seen a big difference myself over yeah. the course of the last year or whatever probably since January I've been doing it religiously once a week and I think 
at least you know and then uh, you know doing sort of homework in between but um you know as you said honest assessment looked at what you uh, and did you find that from working with him you saw a difference oh yeah 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 like i'll be i'm a much much stronger rounded um, athlete now than since i started working with him yeah. but i think for yeah for any for any runner um should be i always kind of was thinking ah you you're just running training is running but i think it's nice to be to be rounded uh to be hitting all all the muscles the core you know if your core is not strong you're doing a 200k race they just slowly gradually you kind of bend over you see a lot of people finishing these races they're all, yeah. they're all crumpled over because the core just yeah. runs out of strength uh so yeah like definitely he's yeah he's helped me to, to no end you know to, to be doing those two 500k races and, and not getting injured like yeah. a lot of people couldn't couldn't believe the, the race director said like to not pull an injury and I, I suppose I put that down to the stuff I've been doing with yeah. Andrew finding all these these little niggly muscles that, that I couldn't name or find <laughs> and, uh, and, work, yeah. and working them out and stretching them yeah it's great yeah and that's the proof is in the pudding as I said I think I, I read some of some article and they're saying generally it could be four or six months even between big races like that for, for and it comes at three or four weeks like you know it shows what the shape the body was in yeah. you know, physically and then we'll go on to the mindset as well um, so the following year you came back after the injury you did the ultra had you decided to do that and the two big what like was it all in together or did you do the ultra first and then no it was all part of a grand okay, plan okay. so I suppose um, it was a, yeah I suppose it started off originally with a thousand kilometres which was supposed to be a, a hundred a two hundred and a seven fifty so the seven fifty didn't go ahead and then the next year I was going to do the thousand kilometres but it was all crunched into like a three four week period um, and essentially, I suppose I was using a race called the Ivor Traverse and the Kerry Way. They were just two two big, uh, big training sessions, mm-hmm. milestones kind of thing in in the ramp up of my training for yeah. for a thousand kilometers. Yeah. Yeah. So the Ivor Traverse was was a race I did with um, with Joel Airy, uh, okay. here here in Kerry. Uh, really, really kind of after beaten track. We were the first people to attempt it in twenty four hours. Okay. Uh, forty four peaks, so nearly seven thousand, over seven thousand meters of climbing, and, and all mm. kind of na- map and compass navigation stuff. Okay. Yeah. So we did that. That was that was a good that was a good early one. Then I did carry away, and then had a little had a little break, and then got back into it and got some more serious training for a thousand kilometers. Yeah, and was that after everything? Um, we watched the teaser trailer there for your documentary coming up, uh, in, in, hopefully released in September, <coughs> and it talked about how your battles really with the lockdowns and you were training and then the things were cancelled and that trying to get over that um, which was tough and you can see in the documentary as well how gutted you were um, just talk maybe brief through that and how you had to literally go again and start training again for for this year or the end of last year and this year where you actually you know complete the races yeah was that tough having to kind of um, trans- traverse that sort of getting your body ready and mind and then for it to be kind of cancelled then yeah that was to, yeah to, to deal with that that final like there's, there, there was a few blows but I suppose all my eggs like Covid um, Covid was happening and Sweden was Sweden was kind of running their own race from Covid yeah, point they of view and, thing, yeah so kind of like Canada was cancelled okay I kind of had expected that but like this one in Sweden I, we were like Nah, Sweden's Sweden's still open, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, you know, they were what they were doing was quite controversial, and and it just so happened that this race is going to be under. So, I was pretty. I convinced myself it was going to go ahead, you know, and then, and then things started to go bad there, and then I just got. I was I was because I was doing all this stuff for charity, and I pulled I pulled a hole. I done a lot of work to just relaunch my kind of fundraiser campaign, and I had this Friday evening as a date, and I was like, let's go. I was around the seventeenth of December. And I was like, yeah, I launch everything on the Friday, and I pulled all the work together, and I was at home. And I was on Facebook, just kind of had typed up 
what I was about to relaunch and I just kind of randomly spotted a post from the race saying that the race had been cancelled now I spotted this like there was no email sent out and that was that was that was tough that was that was, uh, that was like someone taking really someone taking something away from me kicking that tummy yeah 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 it was like a real like and then I just felt I, I kind of had this emptiness like Oof, what do I do now I, so I spent so much time focusing and building up and like 20 20 30 hours of my week is kind of put into this kind of stuff uh, so that was that was probably the toughest thing in the last couple of years for me like from a racing point of view to, to that night really dealing with it and thinking thinking deeply about uh, why I do it and, and um, so answer some, some deep questions there was yeah that. yeah 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 what's the re why do I do it yeah, yeah I mean, you know, you're always thinking why do I do it <laughs> but then I suppose yeah like kind of got through got through Christmas um, got through Christmas and I just found myself like I said at the weekends out training anyway you know so I wasn't you, tra- love, you love to do it yeah you? it's just it's just out there in the mountains yeah yeah whether it's wet dry cold it's yeah. just like I like being out there sometimes with friends, sometimes by myself. It's like that's that's where I'm very happy out being that's out your there. Kind of release. That's how yeah. your coping mechanism, I suppose. It's a stress relief. It's you know, people have different ways they do it. It could be football, it could be boxing, it could be gym. But you getting out to the mountains like uh, is a massive kind of uh, for you, you know. Yeah. You're free. You're away from work. You know. Do you know? You're out. You know. In the elements and anything kind of in nature, the effect it has on the mind is massive. Yeah. You know, it's as, as huge as studies have shown. It's huge as as big as meditation and these things. It's just being out in nature, surrounded by. So and exactly. I find that like I feel I go out into the park and you feel so much better even just kind of getting out there. But for you at that particular time was such a tough time because things were being cancelled that, you know, you had a passion for it anyways. But it was like okay, let's let's just I do this anyways. Just keep yeah. going. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the following year when things started sort of coming around and, and you, the Kerry Way came around and you came under the 24 hours was that that was a big goal of yours yeah, to sub yeah. 24 and yeah. I think it was only 7 people who have ever done that or something That's like, right. is that right, I right yeah, yeah. I, think I, I think I was the 7th um, yeah. how, how was that feeling good yeah yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yeah I, was, I was delighted yeah. um, had a good race that day there was a little issue with a time penalty but didn't really that didn't really affect anything um, but it was good yeah I'm, I'm happy with that you know there's a lot of the boys just a couple of days ago some of the boys that that came ahead of me last year back down again they still feel like they've got unfinished business with the Kerry way whereas I'm like yeah I think I've ticked the box you know yeah, I'm sure yeah. I'll do it in the future for fun but um, yeah, yeah. Kerry way is, is a big commit it's it's timing it's on in September so it's a big commitment um, time wise to be doing all summer so uh, I, so I think I'm, I'm I'm happy with what I've done yeah, with, yeah. with that for sure. And that was a good start. So, um, and then kind of talk me through then the whole um, the the Yukon. Maybe just before even just before maybe the race itself, the actual prep for it, sort of physically. Um, how long did you give yourself then between? Obviously, you're doing the carry wide training for that, and then onto the Yukon. Um, what were you putting in? You saying twenty thirty hours a week, or you kind of is that? Yeah, yeah. I speak. I get so. After the carry away, I, I took a holiday. I probably took about a month off and just yeah. kind of travelled, travelled, um, and just gave the body and mind yeah. a rest, knowing I was going to come back in October and and be going for it. Yeah. yeah, and probably so my my peak training was I did a thirty seven hour week. Um, that was kind of that was kind of a peak. So I was with a long trek with a backpack, sleeping on Mount Brandon overnight, kind of thing. Okay. That was my peak. Probably my average was. I would say maybe average 15, 20, between 15 and 20 hours from October to, to January kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And were you, you had a, obviously was it a sled pull as well? Um, yeah. So that the, was part of the race. 
That yeah. So you're pu- during the, during these races, they're up in the Arctic. Um, so you're pulling all your equipment. You're totally self sufficient. Self sufficient. Okay. Yeah. So you're pulling all of your equipment from your your sleeping equipment, your emergency equipment, your food, your water, um, yes. everything you need to survive for for four or five days. Um, you do get two chances to tap tap up, but essentially, you're pulling like everything's in like a thirty kilo sled behind you. Okay. So you were kind of doing specific training, kind of yeah. pulling sleds, pulling yeah. car tires. Yeah, yeah, um, I was pulling. I, I did pulling. a bit of that with Pat Fabio four years ago. I was training, I was doing a bit of training with him, but he were around Tommy's pulling two car tires, <laughs> nearly running with them. It was. Yeah. But um, again, I mean, it's good to be specific training for functional to, to what you're actually going to be yeah, doing. Yeah, very important, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so Yukon was at minus 30 degrees, sleds, wolves, and all these type of stuff. So why is the first question? But... Um, how did that whole Canada Yukon come about? And you're like, actually, yeah, I'm gonna give this a crack, like, you know? Yeah, um, I, I, about four years ago, I went backpacking in Canada without any uh, set plan. I was just just trekking around for a month by myself with the backpack, and um, I'd had I'd had one or two little tips for for the Yukon. A friend of a friend lives up there, and it's like, yeah, check check it out in the winter. Yeah, it's like, but I. Like some something probably about the cold was like oh yeah I wanna I wanna yeah. check out like what does minus thirty degrees feel like feel kind like, of thing yeah yeah. yeah yeah and how like I was interested to see how do people even live with it how do people go outside or what yeah. what's yeah. going on up there so I flew up there into a place called White Horse anyway in early January and and it just so happened that the the Yukon Arctic Ultra that the, was was happening about six seven days later oh, okay. so uh, it was so pure pure fluke so you hung around uh, yeah yeah so i thought like these guys must be specialists <laughs> like i don't know they're kind of machines or I, I, yeah. again i didn't i was so interested in what they'd be wearing and and all that and then i i was there and i i saw a few of them training you know they were doing their little runs and stuff and i could see that the gear they have wasn't too different than what i what i have here kind of thing so i ended up going for a couple of runs out there and um and just kind of realized yeah i could i could do this and and then so I, when I was there, I said, "Yeah, I'm coming back next year doing the hundred mile kind of thing." Oh wow! Yeah, just made made decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, this is this is this is a big. <laughs> I this love is this. A big, stuff, this is a, yeah. So the hundred mile was the first thing, and then so the hundred mile was the first one. Yeah, yeah. I ended up uh, I came back and again. Did you come in? Did you I, came, I, came, I, came, I won that one. Yeah, yeah. I won that one, which was which was great. And then again, again about giving confidence then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can compete. I yeah, can compete yeah. And then about two days later, I decided I was going to go back and aim for the for the four thirty mile kind of thing. I was like, oh, I wanted more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's, it's castle. You kind of. I've, I've had a couple of adventures on and had John Lennon on as, on as well, and endurance athlete and I pad on as well. Um, and the mindset fascinates me as well with endurance athletes, and it's, it is risky. It is. You know, self-sufficient minus thirty. We'll talk about the stove incident there in, in a bit. But um, talk me through because I remember you know the film The Summit. Um, it was kind of K two the disaster on K two with Jeremy McDonald's kind of yes, yes, yes. about nine or ten people in one day. Um, but anyways, I think we went up to the lodge and we would. It was like a focus group, I suppose. Watching the the writers were writing the book about it, but we watched the documentary and the film and. It was going around the room and it came to me and I, the question I asked was like, okay, the stats of, was it one in four people who do K2 don't come down basically, uh, one in four. So that's a fairly high percentage. So my question was supposed mindset of, um, I suppose adventurers or endurance people to kind of, to, to, you know, what kind of pushes you to say, yeah, I'm going to do this thing, um, which a lot of people probably would be like, oh, no, this is, this is too, too risky or whatever. But uh, it was kind of like, the answer was kind of like, kind of doing things that, 
maybe not a lot of people will end up, you know, experience of doing and an achievement and kind of pushing your body and your, you know, to, you know, to its limits. But uh, that kind of always fascinated me about kind of mindset of endurance athletes and people who do these big kind of. Um, so you know, is it just something that you've always had that in you to kind of look? I'm focused. You know, that I'm, I, I can do this, or in a belief, or what was it kind of just um, just for yourself? Yeah, uh, it's interesting, it's very interesting questions, and it's, it's, I don't know, there's several ways you can answer it, you know, yeah. um, definitely, I think I think you can get some of this, so you can have some of your mindset from a child, kind of thing, even how you were, how you were raised, yeah. where, where you were in the family, kind of thing, yeah, yeah. Um, so that can definitely help how your brain develops, and I think it can help, help how you feel pain, how you feel yeah. emotions and stuff like that. So some of it probably does come from early childhood. And some maybe Have you always been pretty good with like being in discomfort kind of you had a good pain threshold. Yeah. Kind of had that. yeah, yeah. I always had a good had a, yeah, yeah, I was yeah, I was on the football field and stuff like that. Yeah. I was always a small fella but I kinda of, was pretty tough along with it, you know. <laughs> yeah. with a small dog syndrome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh so so that's one of the reasons, you know, I think you I think you know nature nurture kind of thing, but definitely your your early childhood would would uh, set your brain up for that kind of yeah. a mentality and then it's something I suppose you, you an attitude you you take further in life and I suppose I, I just love learning so much and love pushing constantly like the yeah. more I the more I decide to push myself the more I have to learn how to push myself yeah. so like making these decisions or that's bigger I don't know how I'm going to do that but I've got a year to prepare for yeah, it and I'll work out a way I'll find yeah, it yeah yeah I'll, I'll definitely I'll do that and I'll aim for that and I know I'll have to like it's like me telling me push is challenging future self it's like yeah, you're, yeah. you're going to have to figure out how to survive now not just for 100 miles but for 300 miles and then you're going to have to figure out how to recover from a 300 mile race over three weeks and, and go another 300 mile race and yeah you, you you don't even know if you could do it like I going into the first one I, I'd never even run 300 miles yeah. not to mind 300 <laughs> miles in the Arctic not to mind trying yeah. to do it again so it was just a massive challenge and it's like it's it obviously it they, as well, yeah it is yeah and it definitely instills a, a certain amount of discipline as well you know we're, we're all Irish we all like a pint kind of thing but yeah, you know yeah. you're kind of training for these things you do you do kind of rein in that kind of party yeah. lifestyle kind of thing yeah. uh, not too much but yeah. um, when you have that goal and uh, I have a quote up on the wall actually in the gym and it was something I came up with there and it's you know always look at what you can do not what you can't so it's just a matter of finding a way and I think that's you know and like yourself maybe not to you know the, the the level of the you know, 500k but like you know even selling business or you know i remember having a conversation with myself for probably a year or two saying one day i think yeah i can do that the next day oh, i don't know you know the, the negative side of, oh you know you're not from the town you know how are you going to fund it blah 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 but then it got to a point where i'm going to jump and that's when i get opportunities given to or people ask me to whatever and i'll be like I'll say yes and I'll work it out. Do you know, I think there's that famous quote from somebody, just say yes and, and you, you'll find a way. Um, and I think it's true. And I think the physical, you can do a lot more than, you know, your, your body, physical body can do a lot more than you think you can do, I think. And you've kind of proven that. Um, yeah, so on to the race itself then, Kev. Um, so, you know, 500k, is that right? That was, a, was it 500k? Uh, the race was meant to be 500k, yeah. but uh, there was a couple of things that happened during it, so it ended up being like 430k in the yeah. end. Um, and I'm already saying kind of you're traveling for you know good portions of the day maybe 16 18 hours was it kind of on the sled and and what was the train like for one and talk me through I remember reading or it was another podcast I was watching that you um you uh, you went to camp down I went to get some food and the stove didn't work and 
you know how you overcame that and there was other few things going on and it was a low point but um yeah talk me through that experience yeah um the start of the the, the first day of the race in canada there was there was a lot of snow and uh, i was probably minus minus 20 25 degrees when we started the race um and i, I powered on you know i i completed 100 miles the year before in 31 hours so i kind of said like i'll 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 do i'll do that and then maybe have a kip there and then carry on for yeah. 200 miles but the conditions were much tougher there was like a foot and a half of snow in the, in the first day of the race this year so it made it much much tougher um so i was kind of behind where i thought i'd be and it was yeah it's hard much harder much harder i, I hadn't imagined it could be that much harder with like lots of snow yeah, yeah. but uh you're Harder to walk through it then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Harder every step. And you're like, imagine every step that would have, in a foot of snow pulling a sled is, is, I don't know, I wouldn't know how many calories more, but it's a lot more energy <laughs> anyway. But like in hindsight, I was going really well. I was the first foot racer and like 75% of the people dropped out of the race in the first 24 hours. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, yeah. Three quarters of the race gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that would just kind of tell you how tough the conditions were, you yeah, know. Um, you, you powered on through. Yeah. But uh, still, like yeah, so I was I'd gone for about thirty hours, and, and I, I did I did let the negative monsters in my brain kind of get on top of me. You know, I I was having I lost my spoon, <laughs> which was difficult, and my stove wasn't working, um, wasn't working well in those temperatures, and so yeah, I I, I got quite negative for a while. I was like I let the, the size of the challenge get on top of me. I was like my head was saying like you're really beaten up here you've only done about 100 kilometers there's 400 kilometers more to go and then three weeks later you've another 500 kilometer race to so go that, so like, that sort of uh, reptilian ring was like you should stop now i reckon you should just you know finish and, and yeah was, was yeah. that someone keep, like kicking in just to, okay you should probably quit here yeah oh yeah there was yeah. those thoughts those were going demons through, are kind of there yeah. yeah 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 um and what sort of what pulled you through that like to talk me through that so i uh yeah i suppose i suppose at that that stage, I'd been gone for thirty hours anyway, so I was I was tired and and I said I, I kind of give give up on my goal to get get to the hundred mile mark before sleeping. So I said, right, you're very inefficient now. Stop, set up camp, have a sleep, and and reassess the situation, kind of thing. So I stopped and kind of set up camp and and slept for I think four hours. And yeah. um, I woke up. It was it was still dark again, probably minus thirty degrees. And I got my tent back in the back in the park and got going again. And that sleep, sleep is like sleep. Yeah, is sleep did a lot. Yeah, yeah. Even that couple of hours sleep and uh and it just kind of just to stop and to be present and say right, you just let's just break it down again. Like this, I suppose the sleep gave me the mental strength maybe to kind of push away the negative mm-hmm. thoughts that were in my head and uh, and refocus on just get to the next stop you know forget about the thousand kilometers forget about the 500 kilometers just get to next get to here yeah, there's yeah. there's going to be a meal there and hopefully when i get there i'll get my stove sorted and yeah. and lo and behold solve one little problem at a time you know like so you're problem solving kind of st- yeah come out of yourself a little bit and say look let's let's break it down you know and the fact that you know sleep is you know yourself how powerful it is in regards to the cognitive and physical and mental kind of um, sort of recovery so those few hours are probably gold and then you're actually probably more obje- objectively looking at it and say look as you said there's nothing far ahead <laughs> yeah let's get to the next bit checkpoint let's get a bit of grub on yeah and then, you know you can yeah. kick, on, kick on from there yeah it's like yeah. There's, there's trees everywhere so i ended up making a spoon out of a piece of wood you know oh, Jesus. Uh, bear so grills, just, bear yeah 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 <laughs> 
But just you know, just to, these, you, I suppose the the point, the whole thing is not to let the neg the negatives can compound, you know. But if you can solve one little problem at a time, it's like, okay, don't look at all these five problems. What's this problem? A spoon? Okay, I need a spoon. Okay, yeah. I've got a knife. There's a stick. Make a spoon. Yeah, but that's a little win then. That gives you that bit of confidence. Yeah, yeah. Say, oh, yeah. I got a bit of a lift here. I've got a yeah. spoon. Yeah. And then that rolls on to the next one. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I built up confidence and uh, and slowly I was like, yeah, I can keep going. I can keep going. Yeah. yeah that's brilliant. Um, and just you were touching on it there, but in regards to nutrition, Kev, um, obviously packing was a high calorie food, you know, fats, you know, quite kind of talk us through that side of it. I know without the stove, you probably weren't able to do on, on that particular bit, but um, any other kind of snacks and stuff that you felt you know you used that wasn't it? How many calories were you supposed uh, to try? I was, I was, I was aiming for 5,000 calories a day, that was my um, that was my overall intake target. Um, so that was kind of a combination of probably going to be two two dehydrated meals because you know like say on a normal race you can have a banana or you can have a sandwich but obviously it's minus thirty degrees here so a banana is going to freeze like a rock and a, and a sandwich is going to freeze so you have to change up everything so so the so about two thousand calories of that was going to be the dehydrated meals and uh, I had these little date bombs like dates with almond butter inside them and, and dark chocolate on the outside it was lovely very high in calories um, nuts. I was drinking a lot of my carbohydrates as well, and some um, some cliff blocks, and you know, getting an ex, ex, excess protein as well with um, with some all real bars here from the guys, the local guys. Uh, so that was kind of the combination of it, and then obviously when the stove wasn't working, that pulled out a couple of couple of thousand calories yeah. and and of hot food as well. So it's nice to get something hot into yeah, you. Yeah. Um, so it's an obstacle you over, overcame. Like yeah, 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 yeah. And again, I suppose I, I suppose I had that that awareness of like you know even even though I'm hungry my body's my body's I was quite fat adapted at the time so my body will, will take I had loads of energy left I know I feel hungry but I've, I've enough yeah. fat on me although I don't have that much but I had like 10% and I know there's enough kilojoules there, yeah. there's enough stores there that could keep me going for the next couple yeah. of days so again it was just some fat stores yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah as you said that yeah. was uh, that In, kept you going yeah yeah interestingly at the end of the so I got tested before the first race and then after the second race so interestingly I lost uh, I lost three and a half kilo of muscle over a thousand kilometers wow, so yeah so my ba- yeah of muscle yeah, yeah I, put, I put on like 1% body fat which I don't know yeah like the, the, the experts I said like that was probably put on around my organs to protect them kind of thing it goes into sort of that sort of survival mode correct yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. but then obviously that's a lot of muscle that's a lot of muscle yeah 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 um yeah that's a lot of muscle to do so my body was eating itself because i I probably wasn't getting the five thousand calories a day and so my body was just it's amazing the human body isn't it Mm. how it kind of okay to survive literally we have to do this yeah yeah Yeah. oh it's doing amazing things that that we don't know it's doing kind of thing we've been tapping into the surface of it but it just shows when you see people doing endurance stuff and uh, like you, like you did, and, and it just shows what, what we're capable of. Yeah. That we this is stopping us. The mind is like that's it. Yeah. yeah, if you can control the mind, you can control yeah. anything. Yeah. But I suppose for me, like for me, awareness of it, even if you don't understand your it's body, but awareness yeah. of like, Self-fair. oh, I can, I think I'm tired now, but that's just my mind thinks yeah, I'm tired. Yeah, but yeah. my body, my body could keep yeah. going for another six days, and kind of basing some of it on fact. It's like, oh yeah, I've got, I've got fat. The fat turns like you get loads yeah. of kilojoules of energy or calories per per per. 
gram of fat I could keep going but then it's the mindset no you haven't eaten for four hours you, 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 you clearly stop. clearly you yeah. couldn't go any further yeah, yeah, you know yeah. so I was like an awareness of these yeah. things was it allowing my mind to put, push that away and just like knowing my body was able to do it and just keep going so that's, yeah, that's I think yeah proving proving these things to myself or, or showing to other people by what I've done is, 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 is quite important to me you know yeah. And that, that's amazing, and that's that would differentiate. And I talk about that in workshops as well. The, the, the what differentiates us from other animals, mammals, whatever is is the power of choice and that conscious part of the brain that is there. But we, as I said, those pre-programmed tapes, like you said, oh no, I think you should stop it. It's a little tired. You should take a rest. I think you know, take it easy for a little bit. But like the fact you were like, actually no, you know, I've got the backup. I've got what my fat store. That you know, you made a rational, conscious decision to say no. I'm going to keep going. You know. Well, I listen to this part of the range, you know. Yeah. But like, to get to that self awareness is key, and I think you know, you showed the awarenesses, uh, and I think I must talk about self awareness. I did in a couple of weeks ago, and I did the workshop with self awareness, and you know, knowing your own strengths and and you know your own personalities really, and kind of you know how how they combine and how you can actually push through, <coughs> you know, in situations like that are pretty. Uh, are pretty tough so uh yeah no that's brilliant that's a great advocate to what we, we can be capable of um to talk us through the feeling of coming in and you were the first person home on foot um which is a massive achievement um how did that feel coming in i saw a few of the pictures i went through the gallery of um the yukon the one that you did and the, the sweden one as well um yeah how was that like yeah coming in coming in canada was um uh look it was a great feeling it had been a very tough Five or six hours again the race the race was just mad you know the uh, the conditions went from really cold to quite warm so the race kind of the warmer it gets some of the snow is melting so you actually can end up like the optimal temperature for a race like this would be about minus 20 minus 20 degrees you know it's not it's not so cold that you're worried about frostbite and not really biting you but it's it's not like the snow is nice and frozen so your sled is gliding oh, along okay. the trail so when you have fresh snow it gets more difficult or when it gets warmer so like when i finished the race it was like you're just delighted it was over yeah yeah it was, <laughs> delighted it was over but the temperature was warmer so we had to work extra hard the last oh, four or five okay. hours of the race as well which you um, don't want at the end of a five day yeah 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 we kind of thought it'd be easy because when we when we started the race because it was an out and back it was a, it was like a perfectly groomed trail but oh, by the time okay. we got back Again, all that snow and warmer temperatures, it was it was tough. But, you know, I suppose at the end of any long endurance race, the end of it's always tough. But then getting over the line, you know, was, uh, there's a great buzz getting over yeah. the line. Someone, someone handed me an Irish flag and, uh, and it, just, it just felt great. Yeah. And uh, it was the emotional feeling. Um, it yeah, just, it was, it was, it was yeah. a huge relief, I suppose, to yeah. have finished that. It was like a, a, a massive step. It was, yeah, it was definitely... And that's a big part of what your your goal was. Yeah. You've got another one to do, but, like, that's, yeah. that's done. <laughs> yeah, at least now I'll, I'll finish that one. At least, like, it'll be interesting, at least if I make the start line of the next race yeah. kind of thing. But I was feeling, like, pretty much from when I woke up the next day, I was there, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be good in a few weeks. Oh, really? Kind of yeah. That was my next question, was, like, how you... And did people think... Uh, I don't think this is a, a wise or you know was anyone saying kind of like and if your body's gonna be ready and you know how was that because as I said at the beginning of the podcast that you know generally people might take a few months three six months before they do another big race so how was that yeah turn around should we say um I suppose like physically you felt okay yeah physically I felt okay and mentally like I, I was pretty good pretty quick too yeah. um and I yeah I like, probably if you talk to most people most of the experts like most people would have advised me not not to do it um a lot of people thought it wasn't possible but i kind of i kind of put that that aside and and you know, uh, you know your own body yeah and and, and, and it, again it was it was a challenge if it wasn't possible i was going to prove it myself 
like one of my one of my favorite sayings is Henry Ford if you think you can or you can't you're going to be right so yeah, I was like I, I, I have to believe that I'm going to be able to do it there's no point in like only kind of thinking oh, yeah. I might I might do one and, and, and not get the second one so like I just had to have that belief but I was also realistic through, through all the time it's like I'm feeling good I'm feeling good and I woke up the next day it's like yeah I'm still feeling good and you know I for a period coming back from Canada back to Ireland you know there was a lot of jet lag a lot of recovery and I was not doing a whole pile but I, I knew I was t- I was tired and fatigued um, but you know I never I never got too sick never was never too sore okay. went for went for I just did one run in between the two races and a couple of sessions with Andrew uh, other than that I didn't I didn't do anything crazy for yeah. um, for kind of recovery I just said I'm just going to rest and eat yeah. rest and eat and sleep as much as I could Get the calories in you and yeah. build yourself back up. Yeah. And then on to Sweden, on to Lapland. Yeah. Um, uh, what was were the conditions different? Um, conditions definitely definitely weren't as harsh. Was, was the course or terrain different? The terrain was was easier. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a, it was like um, it was like the autobahn. I think I was quoted as saying, you know, compared to Canada, it was real rough. With Canada, Canada's outback. Canada's wild. Like, yeah. whereas Sweden was definitely more groomed kind of thing okay. uh, from a race point of view. Definitely much easier. Isn't there any wildcats or any? Uh, no, we didn't see any. <laughs> I didn't see much wildlife there. In I didn't see much. Of, um, there's there was wolf tracks and stuff in Canada that I saw, but um, I didn't see any wolves. Didn't see any bears and people. People saw things, but I didn't uh, yeah. see any. I wasn't looking up to see anything. And I saw this quote. I, don't, it was the, I think it was on Sunday World or something online. I don't know if it's how true it is. If you said it, but it said, "I wouldn't plead guilty to insanity, but there is a certain, certainly a form of madness involved." But basically, I just like adventure, which yeah. I love. That you just love adventure. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, and I think that's the most important. Yeah. That's the most important thing in life is to have. You have, have to think. Just, yeah, I think the biggest. I suppose the, you know the what I find when I tell people is just the sort of, I think it's something like how true it is, but like four hundred trillion to one, say for example, that we're actually human beings. <clears throat> but what that tells me, like you know, we're here for a reason. You know, you're here, I'm here. You know, and just to kind of float around and kind of you know, you know, time, we don't have a lot of it, so it's like to utilize that. And I think it's in life's about creating memories. I think, and you've got a pile already, and there's a lot more, lot more to come. Do you know, yeah. so I think that's that's what life's about. I think. Yeah, yeah. They say a life without adventure is a life unlived, and yeah, like, Lovely. yeah. I'm just trying to cram as much experiences <laughs> into this yeah. short life as possible. You know, yeah. um, and they they don't always need to be running. I don't need to be defined as a runner. You know, whether yeah. it's whether it's going to going to a festival, going to a concert, yeah, going to a, going to a, a pig race or whatever. You <laughs> know, just go and go and experience, experience life and, experience and have laughs and yeah, try taste different things and. Yeah, you have to mix it up. You yeah. have to you have to go away. Just as I said, it's you know you could. I mean, disadvantageous thing I think in life is just kind of going through the motions. You know. Yeah. I think you know, and then you know and I, I think it was either Jerry but then where he heard it from Jerry Hussey was saying the worst I think it could have been from Edith Edgar but you know the worst thing she found was kind of getting to the end of your life and then realising you haven't lived at all yeah I think that was really powerful when I when I first he said that I was like oh, you know that was you know goosebumps but it was that moment was like it's so true like and there's a great book The Five Regrets of the Dying by Bonnie Weir I don't know if you've read that one no. but uh, it's a lady an Australian woman actually she worked in palliative care <clears throat> and it was it was it was her experiences with with people who were coming to the end of their lives, and it was like, not not about the regrets. The stuff they did is what they didn't do. Yeah. And the time, maybe they didn't spend enough time with their family or their loved ones, or 
they, they put too much into work and they didn't experience this they didn't travel you know all these things and it, it's true like you know and, and as I said it's that really stuck out as kind of you know when you get to the end of it it's kind of actually you know I've I've seen a lot, you know, yeah. that kind of thing, you know, yeah. I'm going deep here, we know what I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty powerful, but yeah. like, if know. I get hit by a bus leaving here, I'll be like, yeah, I, I'm yeah, happy with that, yeah, I've yeah. Done, you know, I've experienced what I had, and just, uh, we'll go on a bit, just a, well, too much longer, I won't keep it for too long, but um, no, this is good, but you know the documentary that is being made, and I've seen a teaser for it, um, and you might let the guys know where they can kind of find that online, the teaser trailer, like I had goosebumps watching it there for seven minutes before the, the podcast came on, Beautifully shot, some amazing music, and there's more music to be added. But um, a thousand kilometers of chaos. Just talk us through that, and um, how's it's editing at the moment? Is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. A thousand kilometers of chaos. Um, dot com is where you can see the teasers and some videos of some of the other runs I did there. Um, so I suppose early in early in lockdown, myself and Adrian from Grandview Media, uh, we're having coffee with a mutual friend, and she kind of she suggested. Uh, I suppose at that time I I'd had my idea to do a thousand kilometers, so I was I was kind of going doing that. So I was doing that for charity, um, but she suggested that he film it. He was he, that the okay. COVID COVID was happening and and there wasn't a whole pile going on, uh, in, especially in his line of work. She suggested he film it and he thought about it. I thought about it and um, yeah, I remember he asked me like, "Do you think it's exceptional what you're doing?" I said, ah, I said the first two races probably aren't, but maybe like a seven hundred and fifty kilometer race in the Arctic, not many people are yeah. would be doing that kind of thing. So that probably is. Uh, so we said we'd go for it anyway, and um, it's been yeah, it's been fun. It's been yeah. interesting. It's been ups and downs for both of us. Uh, yeah. We we remain good friends. We have a laugh. We we talk quite a lot. Um, again, it's another for me. It's another experience. Like if you'd have asked me three years ago would I be would I be kind of center stage in a documentary yeah. I would have said you know, yeah, no luck. way you know yeah. um, but it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of grown it's much bigger than what I thought it was going to be it's kind of um, organically kind of grown yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, we, we thought it was going to take like six months of filming but two years later we're, we've just finished filming and we're, we're editing now and yeah. uh, so obviously that was due to COVID and stuff like that but um and you're hoping to kind of by September or yeah the film yeah festival. so it's editing hopefully um, Adrian hopes to get it into the film festival here in Kerry uh, and then take it to some of the, the bigger adventure film festivals I think there's uh, there's one in the UK and uh, Banff the one in Canada but they also travel the UK oh, yeah so be cool like, yeah, yeah it'd be cool yeah. to travel uh, they, I, I like those types of film festivals yeah. anyway uh, so it'd be cool to take it to yeah. them and, and, and you were doing over here the Wonder what was it called the, the Wonder Wild oh, yeah, 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 yeah yeah I did a talk there as well yeah yeah that was after you'd done it yeah but uh, I think they're getting even more popular, those type of festivals, and, and um, you know, built around, you know, how the, the, the growth of adventure racing over the last sort of 10 years or whatever, five, five six years. Um, a lot of people are really interested in it. Um, so, no, that's, that's exciting now. You yeah. see that finished product, no, be a, if you're serious. Like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, it's, it's, it's yes, it's, in, it's, it's a, a different experience yeah. to kind of see yourself, see so much of yourself even from third person view like two years later I'm watching myself in yeah. the carry away a couple of years ago and it's like and how, how are you like in regards to and someone asked me that before about <clears throat> you've done you know some amazing feats do you, do you get time to actually kind of like come out yourself a little bit and, and look at your achievements and see how, how, how good it is and how impressive it is or I know sometimes you're just in the zone but like when you sit back and I suppose when you're sitting down to watch this documentary when all this film when it's been made and you're seeing yourself on the it's this pretty proud moment like, yeah. you know, kind of look when you look at it kind of a, from I don't know a third person yeah 
Um, I'm probably not that good at like. I take compliments. Know. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, yeah. Put that on the early early childhood again, maybe. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's me. It's like ah, yeah, I did it. You know, it's yeah. just when you do something yourself, it's like right, I just did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sometimes, yeah, it's we. It's weird sometimes. Like you'd be like, oh, geez, it's you can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Actually, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You'd, yeah. you'd catch yourself like, oh yeah, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's amazing. Like so, uh, you should be, be getting used to your comments that we come in. Um, I've got a few more here, but uh, no, it's brilliant and looking forward to that. So it's the a thousand kilometer chaos dot com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check it out, guys. And I said that tease is really good, and there's more stuff on there. Um, <coughs> we'll touch briefly back on the on the, on the hostel and stuff as well, just to fit, just to kind of last few questions there. But um, um, how, where did the black sheep come from? I know it's the name. <laughs> Uh, the black sheep. Black sheep of the family. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're all black sheep. Um, yeah, yeah. When I left, when I left, um, when I left Australia to go to South America, my sister sent me over a little care package, and it was a little, you know, those little um, black sheep yeah, keyring yeah. kind of things. One of those in the package. So when I was traveling to South America, instead of getting selfies of myself in front of all these waterfalls and whatever, the I used the black sheep. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of kind of developed from there, kind of thing. Oh, I've gone through a couple of iterations, and then the black sheep is like, yeah, because the black sheep is uh, the black sheep of the flock. Uh, an awful lot of people know, but they're taught to have a lot less monetary value as well because you can't dye the wool, you can't dye black wool. Oh, really? So that's why that's where it came from. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. where it, that's where it came from. So it's yeah. like uh, people can have this perception of the black sheep, but it's but it may it may not be right. Yeah. But again, yeah. it's, it's the, the one maybe maybe a bit more individual doing doing just what yeah. they want to do. And I love that because um, I actually put up, I do a quote of the week and <clears throat> put out, I draw pictures of whatever. And, and there's a Winnie the Pooh one, I think, this week. But this is the things that make me different are the things that make me. And I found that, you know, really powerful because, as you said, sometimes that uniqueness and people kind of want to be, you know, the same. And, you know, it's kind of like that black sheep is actually can be, in a, you know, unique and amazing and you know it doesn't have to be it's got a connotation of being a negative thing but it's not you know i think it's it's good to be different yeah <laughs> yeah well you yeah. have to you just have to be your, yourself, well, yourself and, and not, your, yeah. a lot of yourselves are like people people are different so they have to be themselves and yeah. like, people shouldn't be criticized for just no, being themselves no. like a lot of people may look different but they're yeah. just being themselves yeah. and i think i think that's a really that's a beautiful oh, yeah. thing is people just acting like themselves compared to falling in with the crowd or falling yeah. in with, with the herd of yeah. sheep and like which you might feel like when you're young oh I have to be part of because we want to be part of the social yeah, the yeah. social animals but like I think I found especially when you're you know, kind of getting older as well that you know I don't really you know, what other people say I don't, it doesn't bother me anymore you know they yeah. can have their opinion and I'm just who I am and uh, and I think you know as I said like you know the community you've got down there as well is, is amazing and you know, that's the next thing kind of like I'd notice even just going down there, you know, you've got a <coughs> diversity of, you know, different um, nationalities down there working. It's a great vibe. Um, was community a big thing for you when you started? Was it, I know you've kind of got the eco side of it, which we'll go into now in a second. But like, did you want to create like I did here was mind body, but it's the creating a community, a space where people can kind of come and meet and have fun and enjoy themselves and, you know, and get a benefit of, you know, obviously kind of moving their body as well. Um, but like, yeah, talk us through that. How your vision of what the black sheep was 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 going to be? Um, yeah, I suppose it, it certainly started off as a as an eco adventure hostel. Yeah. Um, but I've always been yeah, it's, it's community's always been a word um, that's that's that I've kind of tried to build around. And I suppose definitely with the, the you know it was a little community, but when it was the hostel, it was kind of a community of a smaller thing. But then now it's become the cafe. 
say I went from four to fourteen staff during during lockdown. Yeah. I say pre COVID was four staff, now I fourteen staff. So yeah. it's allowed the kind of community to grow organically and there's there's people down there that are really good at making coffee, there's people down there that are really good at with the guests and there's people mm. down there that are really good at gardening. Yeah, so like to to, to, to to kinda of have a good community, it's the people that are strong and everything and a, and a few people and they're all generally as i say they're they're able to be their own personality down there and now you know especially on lower new street there's some other businesses including yourself um so people come and it's just a little community not, not everyone's not everyone's dependent on everyone else but yeah. people say hello and it's just nice and friendly and like you could do me a favor or if i if i you know if you ask me i can do you a favor yeah. and i think that's important to have that little sense of community yeah, especially small businesses around the place and yeah kind of, as you said it's all in sort of the same boat so to speak you know different yeah. different um, businesses but like same at the same time you know and yeah. it's getting that support because you know i found that from a new business and then kind of you know you you're kind of learning i was never in business well five years five years open now this this or well, last week so um we, we've gotten past the pandemic so we, we're, <laughs> we're still here just about but you know what i mean but it's kind of been like you know you're you're looking for support and you're kind of want to kind of see how other you know other people are doing and you know, and it's nice, and I find this, as I said, this nice little sort of community around here as well, do you know? Yeah. Um, and that's what it's all about. Um, I just listed a few little things you've got down there. Obviously, you're, you've got your organic uh, veg garden, you've got your chickens, um, you've got a compost system, I think, and renewable electricity sources. So was that important for you as well in your free, you know, free trade, wasn't it? Kind of, um, so the coffee and stuff, was it kind of getting that eco-friendly was important for you as well? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Look, um yeah, I suppose being eco-friendly is 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 a massive part of of my life, um, and it's something I, you know I'm I'm constantly working on, uh, trying to get solar panels on my house at home, and like okay. I'm, I'm looking into I'm getting pretty close to getting an electric van as well. So trying to be conscious of my carbon yeah. footprint and my business's carbon footprint kind of thing is yeah. is very very important for me. Um, I, I I kick myself sometimes when I'm driving to work. I say I should be cycling to work. You yeah. know, you know, we can always we can always do more. Yeah. But um, yeah, look, I think it's I suppose the, the environment something I'm quite worried about kind of thing. I think yeah. people people aren't aren't so much, but it's something I'm very worried about the the rate of the global warming that's happening yeah. and biodiversity crisis and stuff as well. You know, yeah. there's a lot of a lot of extensions, a lot of animal species kind of moving further to the north. You know, for example, today it's like forty three degrees in Spain. That's that's not normal, you know. It's going to be thirty degrees here this weekend. Maybe, maybe not too, too abnormal. But there's, there's, there's a lot of things happening, um, because of the human, yeah. because of human beings, yeah. uh, not protecting the environment. So I just want to try and trying to do my little bit yeah. with personally and in the business, and maybe again, hopefully, uh, inspire people to make one or two small changes yeah. in their lives, and then keep keep consistently do it kind Definitely. of thing. And then it kind of goes on, and kind of yeah, like it's a, like a little ripple effect. Yeah, yeah, and that, that, that's important. Yeah, and again, yeah. like. I'm certainly far from perfect uh, with, with environmentally, so like people shouldn't expect people to be perfect, but just try and make try. It, do yeah. your best, do your, do, best. do your best, try and understand it and, and make choices, and, better choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're not sure how to go, like, uh, so I'll just tell you a little bit about my history with, with global warming. So I was, I was working in a in a in a gas field in, in Australia. Okay. Um, probably seven eight years ago, and I was like global warming didn't didn't really like you know it was pro pro and anti it's like is it human induced is it just a bunch of hippies telling us like that that uh that we should stop doing everything so i, I took it upon myself to, to really study it so i, I read like two two books pro human induced global warming and two books denying human induced yeah. global warming and all four books are very good and i i would swing both ways i'd be like yeah. 
you know, I'd be like, oh my God, we're destroying it. And then, and then you'd be reading the other book and uh, it's like, oh no, like most of the car- most of the methane is coming from volcanoes. It's all natural and this has yeah. happened before. And you go back. and So I read the two books anyway and I still kind of could have been swayed either way, but yeah. I just sat down. I was, I was, I was again, working the, the gas mines and I said, sure even if even if we're right like even if humans aren't causing global warming we should just be nicer to the environment anyway kind of thing you know it's it's not it's just like just standing there revving your car watching black stuff coming out it's like that can't be good for the environment overall uh so i kind of swayed that way and i said even if i'm wrong uh that's fine because you'd be nicer to nature and i've been just kind of you know ever since then kind of just been more conscious of, of my environmental impact but you can see now, you can see things happening faster. There's less bees around, there's less bugs around yeah, when you're driving the car. Like speed that. It up, isn't it, the yeah, yeah. One? So it's kind of scary. So hopefully, um, hopefully, you know, I know like Aim and Ryan, there's a lot of initiatives coming down from government and from Europe now. So hopefully that, that accelerates. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. you know, with, the, with the whole thing happening in Ukraine, um, it is going to accelerate the green energy. I think we, yeah. we might go backwards before we go forward because yeah, you see yeah. Germany kind of starting to burn coal again. Um, but it also will push a lot of people to get that solar panel on the roof and stuff like that. So hopefully, yeah, it's thinking about different ways they can they can you know heat the house and kind yeah, of uh, yeah 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 no yeah like def- definitely more about just using using the natural resources. Yeah. You know, again, yeah. Ireland has has um, the the land mass of ocean compared to land is seven seven to one. So we've a load okay. of in, uh, space out there that we could be harnessing. Yeah. yeah yeah wind energy and wave energy. So hopefully that yeah, gets exactly. wind yeah definitely yeah. that could be more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, that, that needs to happen, you know, at a government level. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we can do our own little bit at at uh, grassroots level as well. I feel. Yeah, yeah. No, that's brilliant, definitely. And uh, I said, if we all do that ripple effect, if we all do a little bit extra, you know, it's going to have, you know, it's going to have an effect at some stage. You know, so yeah. hopefully we can sort of slow it down a little bit. <coughs> um, that's brilliant, man. Um, so we're going to go with final three. Quick fire, no joke. <laughs> I'm not good at that. Um, no, it's, I generally kind of try and finish sometimes with uh, three questions, and um, uh, geez, we could be here for a part two. As I say, maybe one day we'll uh, after the next race. So yeah, final three. So first question, uh, Kevin, one trait or kind of your maybe character personality that's helped you the most? Do you think to get to this point in life? And that's a big question. <laughs> yeah. Any sort of particular thing that jumps out of you, like? A trait that you have um i never give up loved it yeah yeah yeah, yeah i could tell that <laughs> <laughs> even from i kind of know knew you ish but like even from this conversation which has been brilliant you know i get that from me just uses from me you know you've got a challenge you're not going to give up you're going to keep yeah. going like yeah you know? yeah um, there was a really good i don't i can't remember whose quote it was but it's um bravery is just a massive fear of failure loved that loved yeah it. Yeah, I really like that one. So I, 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 I'm, you just answered I, number three. Yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah. People, you might call me brave or courageous, but I, I probably, it probably do it because I just, I just yeah. can't. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't live with not live with myself. But I just, yeah, it's, it, it's easier to push on in pain sometimes than like, yeah, then having given up because I know if things like sore muscles, they'll heal, you know? Yeah, so yeah. if it's just another 100 kilometers, five kilometers, yeah. or two kilometers or whatever, it's like, again, it just all compounds into a mindset. It's like, yeah. it, just just, just keep going. It'll be hard. Life will be harder if you yeah. stop now than to keep going. Yeah. Now, this is an example of a bit of a lower level, but when I did the Ring of Kerry uh, once <laughs> in 2011, I think it was, and uh, I kind of lost everyone, and it's my first ring, and I was going from Steam to Khmer, and I thought I'd never get that. Yeah. So I literally had to pull in, 
have a word in myself, literally get out of my own way. I was like, I can't keep going. And then I said, like that, I was like, if you just keep pedaling one foot, you know, you'll get to Kenmare, yeah. <laughs> which I did. Sat down probably for too long in Kenmare. But anyways, I got up uh, Moles Gap down and down, finished it, whatever. But like, it was like kind of, I had to kind of say, look, the the brain was telling me to stop. I was like, no, you can keep going. Like, you know, it's just one foot in front of the other and you'll get there, you know. And I think, I think, you know, we can all go to that point where, you know, you might not think, oh, I'm done. But like, there's a lot more in there, you know. And even the guys in the gym, sometimes I'll be like, you know, you can do a lot more you can think you can do and you might not even tell them the time they're doing it for and they think, oh, you know, all of a sudden they've done a minute and a half of, I don't know, a wall sit or a plank or something, do you know what I mean? But like, it is, it's kind of up here, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, they say when, you, when your mind thinks you're out of energy, you've still got 80% of your body's energy left. Wow, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Jeez, that's big. Yeah. It, it tries to tap out early, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> tap out. It does, tap it out. does. But that's, that's, what, that's what you're fighting against, you know, yeah. you have these two, two yeah. voices in your, in your head and, and again, one's, one's lazy and the other can yeah. keep going. It's amazing, I heard from, uh, I think it was, probably Jerry again, but it was like, <clears throat> you, the life you've always dreamed of is right there in front of you, literally in front of your eyes, but sometimes you can't see it. It's a little bit of fog there, whatever. But yeah. can, we, we, we so much potential in us, and that's why I try and get out of people in the kind of regards of life coaching. There's this so bottomless pit of potential that people kind of, and that's a sad thing, you know, where people don't realize it maybe ever, or, um, you know, or maybe as I said, when they're getting towards sort of the tail end and they're like, oh, do you know, maybe I should have done that. I didn't want to, I didn't want to be, I should have, or I, I should have type of person or I should yeah. have done that or right. I wish I'd done that you know I wish I'd you know um, and look it's not easy if it's easy everyone would do it but it's 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 that you know if I hadn't taken that opportunity five years ago <clears throat> I would have been kicking myself do you know um, it's like I knew I'd grown businesses for other people so I was like I think I have the ability to do it for myself yeah. you know but it was that leap of faith but like you know you have to take a jump um, so the second question is is there a book podcast Apart from this one, uh, okay. or Audible, anything that you've read or heard and you've like, Jesus, shit, that was gold. Do you know, anything jumped out of you or any sort of thing you've read recently or in the past or a clip on YouTube or anything? Um, the, 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 the Chimp Paradox is a very good book. I've read that yeah, a couple of times. Yeah, that, yeah. I read that one on a plane to Canada, actually. There's a lot of what we're talking about today about that yeah. chimp, inner chimp. And yeah, stuff, yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, I read that on a plane to Canada and I, at that, that time I was rereading it. Um, so that's a book I, I would highly recommend to, to everyone I should probably read it like once every four days because I keep forgetting <laughs> what, what's in it uh, down through the years I suppose um, Eckhart Tolle A New Earth I suppose yeah. that, was, that was one of the books that really started to change my, my mindset um, yeah. in a positive way I read that uh, quite some time ago yeah, yeah. that's brilliant yeah. Um, and number three you might have said one already but any other favourite quotes that popped to mind <laughs> You pulled out a few nuggets. Yeah, there, yeah, few, yeah, few, yeah. Can I pull out anything bigger? <laughs> there's, a, there's a picture in front of me. Said, no, no, I don't like to travel. Uh, what's the, the other one? It's like, travel, the, the one thing you spend money on that makes you richer. Bam, boom. There what you a, go. What a way to end. Yeah, mic drop. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> out the gap. Yeah. Um, brilliant. I'm going to write those down. <laughs> um, brilliant, man. Um, thanks a million for coming in and love that conversation. As I said, we... We, we got deep in there, which is great, and that's what it's about. It's kind of, I, I named the po- podcast Lean Into Life because, or renamed it, rebranded it, because it just came to me about, and we talked about how being, we don't, I don't, you know, like being static too much in life, you know. So what I called Lean is just that little bit of forward momentum, and in, I suppose in life coaching, I always tell people, you know, 
there's counsellors and there's therapists who kind of say we lose the car analogy so there's counsellors and the therapists and like okay so why don't you want to drive the car or let's look at the engine <laughs> whereas the life coach is okay it's now to kind of get in the car and drive the car do you know so it's like let's go this way do you know so I, that's why I kind of was I call my workshops lean into life as well because I find that um, quite powerful just even if it's one thing you do each day or one thing even getting out in nature or doing a bit of research or reading a book or reading a quote you know you're just you're just you're moving forward, you know. Um, I think that's quite powerful. So, you know, as I said earlier, you know, the, the stuff you've done in regards to physical feats um, is, is massive um, <clears throat> and, you know, very, you're very infectious in regards to your energy and drive. I'm inspired, you know, just listen to her over the last hour. Um, and as I said, I got to know you a little bit, uh, a good bit more now, which is great. Um, you know, not only the, the sort of the physicalness, but, the, you know, the psychological strength and the mindset, you know, I think we can all, you know, all the listeners, I'm sure, have, 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 have kind of go, you know, gained a lot from it. So I really appreciate that. And I'm um, looking forward to the uh, the big, uh, the big uh, red carpet <laughs> in uh, in September or whenever it uh, hopefully it gets released. So I'm looking forward to seeing the, the, the full version and hopefully in the Kerry Film Festival all going well. That would be a great show or showpiece there to get it there, wouldn't it, in your hometown, yeah, you know, in your home it. county, the kingdom yeah, we talked yeah, about earlier. Yeah. Um, they're going to win next next weekend. Uh, I think Kerry would win, yeah. Yeah, I think they'll have a little bit too much. Um, but yeah, no, again, and the community, if you're ever in, in Killarney Town, uh, head down to Black Sheep, see Kevin and all the gang, because as I said, I'm there most days. Beautiful little spot, um, lovely um, space you've created there in community. And, um, you know, and the other thing I forgot to mention earlier, but I love that on your website, you're like, if people turn up and guests on their bikes, they get a free coffee. Yeah. There you go. Eco-friendly. Um, but no, brilliant, and looking forward to seeing there. What, what's coming up next? Sorry, last question. <laughs> so, um, what's the next sort of? Yeah, uh, just uh, this this period, I'm kind of just resting, just kind of I suppose doing a little kind of foundation, working with Andrew a couple of times a week on my strength and a, a couple of just enjoying little adventures on the bike or a few yeah. a few training sessions. Um, next big race is going to be February next year. There's a 300 kilometer race in uh, in Finland. That's up in the Arctic as well, okay. subarctic. Uh, I think that's the next big one I'll shoot for. And I'll, yeah, I've got a resting up this year, kind of just in, enjoying the year, but then there's a few bigger things on next year I'm looking forward to. Brilliant. Rest up, you deserve the break now. <laughs> Rest the body now and the mind, but uh, yeah, enjoy the summer and uh, thanks for coming on. I really enjoyed it and uh, I'm sure everyone will as well. Cheers, buddy. Thank you. Well, guys, uh, what an episode there from Kevin. Really enjoyed that. Um, and I'm sure you did too, uh, just the, the mindset um, to, you know, set a goal and, you know, you know they're going to achieve it um, and they're going to find a way. So there's going to be obstacles, there's going to be roadblocks, which obviously we talked about during the podcast, but um, just to have that uh, mindset and work ethic to, you know, we're going to work around these obstacles and we're going to get to the finish line. So I think we can all relate to that in all aspects of our own lives. So, um, yeah, I definitely 100% took, took, some, took a lot from it. Um, I was inspired um, uh, after it as well so brilliant thanks a lot Kev for coming in I really enjoyed it and um, if you want to see a little bit more or find out a bit more about Kevin and his adventures um, you can go on to www.1000kilometersofchaos.com so they're editing the um, documentary at the moment and that's hopefully will be out in September um, but uh, you can see the teaser trailer on there which we talked about um, and some more information and uh, yeah, head over to the Black Sheep Hostel um, pages, Instagram, um, on um, Facebook, etc. And you can look at the eco-friendly adventure hostel that he's created and the space and the community that he's created uh, and his team down there. So uh, 
yeah brilliant guys um yeah it'd be great if you can just to share it to share it as much as you can uh, rate it on apple podcasts um do all those kind of things um tag it on your story tag the gym tag <clears throat> um myself michael underscore lindsay underscore coaching um tag kevin or the black sheep um and just yeah we'll get this sort of trending um it'd be great because i think a lot of people will benefit so there you go guys that's the first one down of the new series of the lean into life podcast thanks for all your support and uh, messages etc so a good few more guests coming up so great to get get going again and um we will talk to you very very soon all right guys mind yourselves take care bye bye